0: On this episode of the Entrepreneurial You. Simply put,
1: return on relationship is the value that is accrued by a person or a brand due to nurturing a relationship. ROI, or return on investment, is simple dollars and cents, incredibly easy to measure, it's very straightforward, but ROR is the value, both perceived and real, that will accrue over time through connection loyalty, recommendations, and
0: sharing. Hi, I'm Henika watkins Portal your inspirational leader and host of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Jamaica Stock Exchange. And now let's go to today's episode. What do you know? It is episode 74 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. And today's guest is a leading social marketing strategist, keynote speaker, CMO of Photofee, MC, host of Brand Innovators and their monthly marketing summits, and co-founder of Prevailing Path. In March 2009, he started using and evangelizing the term ROR, return on relationship, hashtag R on R. He is the author of Return on Relationship, how to look people in the eye digitally, and the age of influence selling to the digitally connected customer. He is currently co-authoring his latest book, along with business partner and retail thought leader, John Andrews, titled Retail Relevancy. I'm looking forward to hear what Ted Rubin have for us today. Welcome, Ted, to the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to hearing what I have to share as well. <laughs> You're super funny. You, you,
1: ne- you never know what it's going to be. Let's you know never know, right? where or, we go with this.
0: Exactly. Right? I love that spirit, right? You don't have anything planned. We just want to get the information out there, whatever direction. We don't know the journey that we're going to go on. So that's awesome to know. By the way, do you know any Jamaican phrases? I don't. Maybe you could share a few with me. I'd love to add them to my repertoire. Okay. Wagwan. Well, What's happening? What's going on?
1: <laughs> oh, Wagwan. Okay, I like that.
0: <laughs> All right. So I'm really pumped about the concept of return on relationship. Um, I think it's a foreign concept to me. And not the concept itself, perhaps, but just hearing it phrased that way, um, it, it is It is new to me. And so I'm really looking forward to that. The new measure of success is what you call it. And I really can't wait to delve into that. You are before, You are number 13 on Forbes' top 50 social media power influencers, and you're number two on the lead tail list of top 25 people most mentioned by digital marketers. What have you been doing for this to happen?
1: Well, you know, more than anything, it's engaging and and interacting with these people because the only way you can be influential with somebody you know, remember, influential, influence is a very funny thing. It's of in many different categories. I think in the business, like in the marketing space in particular, influence means that people are willing to read what you write and listen to what you have to say. And this has happened because I join organizations where these people are members because I, I work with them. I've been a CMO. I am a CMO. Um, I, I put out a lot of my thinking. In other words, if you're not saying what you think um, in many different ways and on many different platforms, there's no way to be influential if people don't know what you're thinking, right? So for me, what the way this has happened was that number one is I speak my mind. So I have a blog, tedrubin.com. Uh, it's one of two. I, I have another a property called return on relationship.com And what a lot of people fail to see because the URL is tedrubin.com is that the name of the blog, and it's always been the name since I started it in 2009 is straight talk. Is there an expression? Is there a way in Jamaican to say straight talk?
0: Talk the things. Talk the things. So yes. there you go. <laughs> so, uh,
1: uh, and by the way, if I say that improperly, please excuse me. Uh, I, I, I'm not trying to be condescending. I'm trying to do it properly, but I know um, it's okay. <laughs> if you, if you don't speak your mind and if you don't share it with a lot of people, there's no way to be influential. So For me, the way this has happened is that back in around 2008, 2009, I I, I was the CMO of a cosmetics brand that was basically very young, uh, only had a few million in sales when I joined them, and they had no marketing budget, and I had to do a lot of things to get the word out. And also by being a part of that, I started joining organizations. I joined the CMO club that gentleman by the name of Pete Kranick founded and and still maintains. Um, I joined another, a, a number of other organizations. I went to a lot of events and I always made sure to speak my mind, whether it was at the event, um, personally, face to face. Um, another great tip is when you're at events and you're not a person who they're asking to speak, just come, just come armed with a lot of questions, with do your research, know who the speaker is, understand a little bit something about the topic, and in advance, doesn't mean you have to use them if you come up with better ones while the while the the keynote or, or event is taking place, and have some questions, because always at the end of these things, they say are there are any questions from the audience. Raise your hand, stand up, say your name, say your company, and ask an intelligent question. You just got the attention of every attendee almost to the degree of the person on stage. And then we have this amazing advantage, and I think one of the reasons this happened when it did was in in my earlier life, uh, I I might've built some influence, but it was limited by the amount of people I met, by how I could communicate with them. But at this point, once I was a CMO of El Cosmetics, all these social platforms existed. Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, which gave us all the ability To get our voice out there and and to a very big degree in the early days when everybody saw everything that everybody they followed published before Facebook started kicking in a lot of their algorithms. But even now, if you're publishing, if you're speaking, if you're saying what you think, if you're not worried about actually letting your brain storm in a brainstorming session instead of just delivering what you think the moderator or your boss wants to hear, then you have the ability to build Influence, because again, influence is nothing more than people, I'm sorry, the first stages of influence is nothing more than people hearing what you're saying. Uh, And then, of course, the hard part comes in. You have to say things that they think are intelligent, that they think are helpful, that they think can be useful to them in some way. But the first step is speaking up.
0: So, in other words, um, and and it's it's going back to something, although not directly connected, but connected somewhat to what I always say is that thoughts become things, and in this case, whatever we're thinking, you know, our opinion state, our opinions uh, state what's on our mind, and this um, stating of that, you know, things that are on our mind become. Uh, the things that manifest in terms of influence, etc., And I totally agree with you as well, Ted, when you talk about asking questions at the end of a session, like I use that all the time. I go, I, you know, even recently I remember being in India and we would, you know, I encourage most of us, like the, the team to go to different conferences and at every conference that we went to, I made sure and then I saw other person start following suit, but I made sure to stand and ask questions because that's how you you get the attention of everybody. And if you have something to say, then, of course, by all means, stand up and be counted. So, Hedega, I I
1: can't tell you how many times I've been at conferences, either before I was speaking or even now when I speak at a lot of conferences. And people end up coming up to me after the session because I asked a question that was relevant, that was something perhaps they were all thinking but were afraid to stand up and mm-hmm. ask mm-hmm. because of the, of the fear of looking foolish. And then what amazes me, because I MC, I'm the master of ceremonies and the host of 40 plus conferences a year for brand innovators, is that I have to instruct these people, tell us your name and your company. They, they ask a question. They sit down. They mumble. I'm like, this is your opportunity. Stand up. Tell us your name and your company, like I, i'm I'm trying to help them with that. You know, Hanukkah, let's face it. this is the age of influence.
0: oh, yeah, where
1: where anyone can build an audience and affect change, advocate brands, build relationships, and make a difference. even when you don't think you have an audience. Again, go to a big conference with a huge audience and come equipped with questions. And by the way, you might not get asked to ask your question um at the first one you raise your hand at. It might take a few of those sessions, but at every conference, there are many sessions, but truth be told, for most speakers, remember, the Seth Godin's of the world, or actually Seth doesn't take questions uh, when he speaks, but mainly because he felt that nobody would ask him a question. Then he'd get off stage and there'd be a line of a hundred people waiting to talk to him. Because, and this is my point, most people are afraid to raise their hand. They're afraid to stand up in public. So the odds are, if you go to a conference uh, armed with questions, you will get chosen you will get the microphone. You will stand up in front of everybody. So don't waste that opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. Pull a plug here. You know, um, when you talk about Seth Godin, it was such a joy to have him on this podcast. Um, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago and he was a, he was a joy just to um, to converse with. And so are you. And so let's bring this back. <laughs> And that's how you build your influence, right? You 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 connect the dots where the dots need to be connected. When you see an opportunity, you connect that dot, right? That uh, is correct. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move into what I'm really really interested about, and I'm not that I'm not interested in everything else that we've been talking about. But is the whole concept of return on relationship? What is that?
1: Well, let's simplify this. You know, simply put, return on relationship is the value that is accrued by a person or a brand due to nurturing a relationship. ROI, or return on investment, is simple dollars and cents, incredibly easy to measure, it's very straightforward, but ROR is the value, both perceived and real, that will accrue over time through connection, loyalty, recommendations, and sharing. And you know, I try to use it to define and educate companies, brands, and most importantly, people about the importance of creating authentic connection, interaction, and engagement. You know, there's this old quote, and, and I've always had trouble finding who it's who it should be attributed to. Uh, there's a sometimes it says unknown, sometimes it's different opinions. But uh, uh but there's a quote that says everybody would prefer to do business with someone they know and like. Every no, I'm sorry. Everything being let, let me just say everything being equal Everything being equal, price, factor, delivery, you know, everyone would prefer to do business with someone they know and like than someone they don't. But guess what? Everything not being equal, everyone would still prefer to do business with someone they know and like. So the value of relationships are are incredibly Easy to understand in our heads. Sometimes it's hard to put numbers to it to a company. But anybody that uses their common sense, their judgment, their intuition, their gut instinct—and I like to say that—with all the data available today, the companies that win are not the companies that simply mine and attempt or use that data. It's the ones that apply judgment, gut instinct, and 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 and, and their own thought process to it, and their own observations to, to, to what they're doing. So look at anybody, everybody, everything is commoditized. There's almost no product today that you can't get something similar from someone else. So the difference is going to be that feeling of connection.
0: So it is that accrued value that is attributable and and that happens due to nurturing of relationship. This is where we're going to take a break. And before I take a break, I'm going to read a review and then we take that break and come right back. This review comes from Tyson Davis out of the USA. And Tyson says about the entrepreneurial view and this review is in iTunes. Love learning about entrepreneurial success. Great job, Henneke. Love it. Thank you so much, Tyson, for your review. And remember, you too can write a review and hear it read right here on the entrepreneurial you. When you do that, when you go in Apple Podcasts and you write your review in iTunes, send me an email at hennikawatkisporter at gmail.com just so I know. Because unless you do that, then I would have to search all countries, every individual country that Apple is, and that's kind of a challenge to do that. So please send me a review and um, write me a review and let me know about it, okay? LeaderCast Woman 2018 is happening October 12th at the Jamaica Pegasus Hotel. Attend LeaderCast Woman 2018 and learn how you can be a leader who motivates people and champion ideas in ways you never thought possible. Register now at HennekaWadkeSports.com or call 876-849-2571 to claim your 20% discount for a limited time only. That's HenikawatkeSporter.com or 876-849-2571 to claim your 20% discount for a limited time. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing, or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas. And we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. So you want to start your podcast, but you don't know where to host it. Go to com and claim your one month free of podcast hosting on Blueberry. Or if you already have your host, but aren't getting statistics on your podcast, you can claim one month free stats from Blueberry at HennekaWatKissPorter.com. That's HennekaWatKissPorter.com. Go right now and claim your one month free statistics. Welcome back. And I am talking, if you're just joining me, I'm talking with Ted Rubin. Ted is a leading social marketing strategist. He's a keynote speaker he is on the list of most powerful and most influential um, person of influence. He is an amazing thought leader. He is writing and he has written rather on the subject of return on relationship, among other things. And that's what we've been talking about before we went to the break. No, we want to continue. I want to continue on the whole conversation of this return on relationship. You mentioned something in your definition about what it is. It's about the nurturing, that accrued value that comes as a result of nurturing, Ted. How do we nurture relationship? Because ah, it, it, it is a challenge. It is a challenge for many people. How do we do that? Give us some tips.
1: I would be happy to, but just before we go to that, I just want to add a little more context to where we ended right before the break. Sure. About what return relationship is, because you know too many people say, "Oh, well, that's well and good, but you know you can't manage you can't manage it," or they make the mistake of thinking I'm saying return relationship versus ROI. I am not saying that. ROI is incredibly important in business and our personal lives. People don't get that, but in our personal lives, we make decisions every day based on return on investment, investment of our time, investment of our mindset, investment of our uh, paying attention to something. But, you know, ROR, you know, is greater than ROI because ROI will match a fixed period of time or perhaps be strictly income-related, whereas ROR has what I call a halo effect, meaning Mm. Mm -hmm. it will enhance... Everything about the ROI process. So I just wanted to get that in, just because I thought it was important to me. But I, 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 I mean, it is important to me. I want people to understand that. But your question now is about how do you get ROR? ROR? Yes. How do you get, yeah. Okay. And, by, mm-hmm. and by the way, for your for your audience, um, and this is just a talk for a whole other podcast because it's a long <laughs> story. Um, <laughs> but the hashtag I use is hashtag R O N R, return on relationship R O N R. But you know, how do you do this? Well, you know, first of all. You do it very similar to the way you measure it. You do it through organic engagement, through community management, through sentiment monitoring, through communicating with people via engaging. So let's first talk about on a personal level because that's a little bit easier to understand for people, and then we can kind of segue it a little bit more into like for a brand where people say, well, that's well and good, but how do I do it for a brand? So on a personal level, to me, this is very simple and. It's simple for me because it's part of who I am. I have this need to engage with people. I want people to know that I'm responsive, that I answer them, that if they reach out to me, I reach back. That if we're having a conversation, I don't walk away away in the middle of it without saying, oh, I'm sorry, but you know I have to step away right now. So how do you do it? First of all, it, personally and face-to-face without social platforms, I think everybody should understand it. How do you do it? You look people in the eye when you talk to them. You nod your head and pay attention. You repeat back some of the things they said to you so that they know you're listening and paying attention. If they ask a question, you answer it. If you ask them a question, you wait for them to answer it instead of moving on like so many people do without even waiting for the answer. Now, Let's take that to the digital realm. And the beauty of the of the digital realm and social platforms is that we can do this at scale. It used to be I had to see you, I had to have a phone call with you. There was only so many people in a day that I could either see face to face or communicate with. You know, via phone. So then email became, you know, came out. Now, email was fabulous. Could you communicate with more people? But it was still basically one on one. Sure, you could make a list of a number of people, but it really didn't necessarily feel like a conversation. But now we have these social platforms, which There's two sides to this. Number one is the communication side, meaning that I can communicate with people all day long. Let's not waste this opportunity. Don't just post things and then not reply to the people that comment. I hate when that
0: happens.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, people, how about the brands that go and ask questions because their agencies say, oh, ask a question. What's your favorite color? You'll get a lot of engagement. You'll get a lot of likes on your post. But nobody ever replies to these people or even lets them know that they're listening. But, You know, what's really important is that people just look at the one side, the easy... Let's post something. let's let's engage with somebody. Let's go to other people's pages and respond, which I serendipitously every day go to people sometimes very often, I don't even know, but you know when I say I don't know, we follow, but I don't really know them well, but I'll put a comment on one of their posts. I'll jump into one of their conversations. Maybe it's as simple. I don't have a lot of time that day. I'll just like something they posted so they see that I was there. But more importantly, Know something about the people you're talking to. I mean, it amazes me how many meetings I go to with clients or with people I'm working with, and I walk into the meeting with one of their quote-unquote salespeople or one of their relationship builders, and the guy the person doesn't even know anything about the person we're meeting with. And it's all available. It's out there. You know, go to LinkedIn. Just Google the person, for God's sake. I mean, you don't have to know everything about their life story, but if I sit in a one more meeting, Where a sales guy looks across the table at somebody on the brand side and says, so how long have you been working here? Really? You didn't go to their their LinkedIn profile and know that they just started last week or they've been here for 12 years, so they're a wealth of information and, and, and they love their company? Or there's so much you can find out. So if you want to create return on relationship, then you have to do what I call give before you receive. You know, it's a giver's game philosophy. If you give, 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 people are going to give back. Do for others without expectation of anything back directly in return. Now, that's an important word, directly. It doesn't mean I don't want to return. We all want to return. We all want to be loved or liked or listened to or, or even disliked if that's our goal. But you don't necessarily have to get it from that particular person you're communicating with at that time. I can't tell you how many people I have either back and forth, or so I comment on their on their social platforms, and then I hear back from other people or somebody. Here's a classic one: somebody reaches out to me and says, "Ted, I'd like to translate some of your work into Spanish." And I said, "I really appreciate that, but I have to tell you up front, I don't have a budget for that." And they go, "Oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to charge you for that. I thought I would just do it for you." And, and I remember that some of these things happened a few times. And finally, I said to somebody, you know, why? I don't understand. She goes, well, we I watch you on social media and you do so much for others without asking for anything. As a matter of fact, I see people sometimes come back and say, what can we do for you? And you say you're doing it right now just by engaging with me. So why wouldn't why wouldn't I want to help you? Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that is something I've always said. And I said it to somebody recently that what I've come to recognize is when, you know, this cycle of giving, because the law of giving and receiving, it's just, and sowing and reaping, as it were. It's, it's, just, it's a universal law. And sometimes, and well, not sometimes, many times, most times where you give and to whom you give and what you give, it doesn't come back from that same person, right? It It's a cycle, so it keeps going around. So it's going to come back, it's going to come from another end, but it doesn't, it doesn't um, mean you should not give because as that cycle goes around, then it's coming right back to you in another form from another source. And
1: to add on to that, people are watching. The vast majority of people on social platforms, even at meetings, at events, in networking rooms, in bars and restaurants, the vast majority of people are doing what I call lurking. They they, they are and participating vicariously, meaning they are not actively engaged. They're not asking questions, but they're watching and listening to everybody else that's engaging, and they feel that connection. I like to say that a brand is what a business or a person does, a reputation. Is what people remember and share. And that reputation is what people, how they talk about you. Oh, Henneke, she's amazing. She reaches out all the time, you know, and and she's always there to do something for you. Um, And she never asked for anything. Like And that that kind of information spreads. People share those kinds of things. And that's how you build your influence. That's how you build your reputation. That's how you build what I call social insurance, which all of us, people and businesses need. I mean, how often does somebody attack a business on social media or you personally? And what I always tell the businesses to do and what I always do is I sit back and I wait for my fans, followers, and advocates to stand up for me. Doesn't mean I won't stand up for myself, but I always take a breath before I jump in because most often – especially if you're a brand that does for your consumers or engages or, or works hard in customer service or understands that th- th- there always are going to be problems. It's not the problems. It's how you react to them that matter and stand back and wait. And the return on relationship is the people that jump in and say, Oh, you know, that's not Ted. He, I think you misunderstood him or he didn't mean it that way. Or, you know, he's allowed every once in a while to lose his school because he very rarely does. He almost always answers haters and dislikers and critics very reasonably, you know, today he, he jumped off the handle a little bit. I, I, I'm going to give him a a, a, a pass because, I, because his reputation is that he doesn't do that the vast majority of the time.
0: And as we're coming to a close, Ted, I'm going to ask you to share your final thoughts. And after sharing your final thoughts, leave your contact information because there's so much more that we could talk about here, but it, we don't have the time. But, you know, we, the conversation can continue and will continue offline. So, Let's um let's hear your final thoughts and then share your content details.
1: Well, there's two things I want to leave your your listeners with. Number one is that relationships are like muscle tissue. The more they're engaged, the stronger and more valuable they become. And remember, it's not just about your one-on-one relationships. I I, I like to talk all the time about networks and community because a network gives you reach. And and that's great because you have to reach people, like I said earlier, in order to build, make friends, build relationships, have influence. But a community gives you power networks connect communities care and for the younger part of my life for many years everyone always called me a networker i thought of myself as a networker because everywhere i went I built relationships. Every job I've had, every every um, place I've been, every any place I've spent a lot of time, any place I went to school, I always left with uh, a, a group of people I knew, but also always some deep relationships with a few people. But what I never realized, because but it was happening, was that I was always introducing the, those people. All my business colleagues, all my friends from all walks of life, all very much know each other. Because I was always a community builder. I didn't recognize that. And the community is what's, is what's given me a lot of the power that I have. And by the way, I, when I say power, I don't mean like the way we, think, not powerful, but the power to, to move a mountain, to get something done, to help a friend when they're in need, to, I mean, something as simple as a friend of mine is in Europe having trouble with a with with a brand right now that's helping deliver on his trip and he couldn't get their attention and I was able to reach out to them via Twitter and get them to help him out. And and that comes from, and that, that it, it wasn't like I didn't get them to change policy. I just got them to listen. Because they understand that I have a large community and they're a part of it and they want to help because that's what communities do. So that's what I'd like to leave your, your listeners with. As far as reaching out to me, I'm incredibly easy to find. Um, I'm t- at Ted Rubin everywhere, Ted Rubin on Twitter, Instagram, uh, um, LinkedIn, uh, face uh, Facebook. Uh, my YouTube is Ted Rubin USA. If you Google Ted Rubin, the first 10, pa- 10 to 12 pages are, are all uh, me, my content, things about me. And to take it a step further, please feel free to reach out. My email address, my everyday, the one I use for everything is tedrubin at gmail.com. And my phone number if you want to hear my, if you want to talk to me, which everybody seems afraid to pick up the phone these days, but my phone number is 516-270-5511. Reach out anytime.
0: Oh my gosh, Ted! Um, just everything that you've said tells me that you know you're you're somebody who practices what you preach uh, in terms of giving. Because just giving all that information, your contact details, your phone number, your email address—that's a true sign that you are indeed practicing that whole relationship building. I've had a tremendous time talking with you. Listen to you share, especially about return on relationship, and we want we'll be using the hashtag. R-O-N-R. So it's R-on-R, I call it, but I'm sure it's, it's, it's the letters R-O-N-R uh, for return on relationship. So thank you so much, Ted. Ted Rubin here. He is a keynote speaker, social marketing strategist, and so much more.
1: My pleasure, Hanukkah. Thank you so much for reaching out and uh, make it a great week.
0: We have come to the end of another great episode of the Entrepreneurial You Podcast. Remember to subscribe in Apple Podcast and download all the episodes that you would have missed if you have not already subscribed and downloaded the episodes and play them to the end as well because good stuff is always at the end too. So do that as well as go and leave a rate and review right now. I'd appreciate that. It helps a lot because I put a lot of effort into creating the free content and it does help when I know that it is of significant value to you. So show your love by going to Apple Podcasts and just leave a rate and review. And when you leave that review, do send me an email at HenicaWatkisportal at gmail.com because I love to be able to read them in an upcoming episode. And if I'm not notified, I won't know it's there because unless you go into all the different stores in Apple, there is no way that I can actually know that a review was left or a current review was left. So it's important that when you leave your review, you send me an email, let me know about it so I can go look for it and read it live on an episode of the Entrepreneur You podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Henneka Watkins-Porto. Remember, you were born to win. But to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. What good.